This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. In 1983, President Ronald Reagan proclaimed November as National Alzheimer's Awareness Month, which, of course, as you know, President Reagan did end up with Alzheimer's. So that was kind of uh, an interesting fact there. At the time, about 2 million people had been diagnosed with the disease. In 2020, that number has grown to almost 6 million people living with Alzheimer's and is expected to increase. Today, we're taking a look at the Mind Center, one of the leaders in the search to crack the code of Alzheimer's disease with our guest, Major Gifts Officer Melissa Robinson. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us, and it's good to be able to talk to you again. Uh, I hope you're doing well. I am. Thank you so much for, for letting me come on the show. I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, I wish I knew nothing about this topic, um, but I feel like that um, we're going to be able to have a really good conversation because I really am interested to hear about the latest research and where you are going and about what the Mind Center is doing, too. But before we get talking too much about the Mind Center, let's talk a little bit about you and, and talk about your role and how long you've been with the program. Yeah, so um, I have been with the Mind Center for a little over four years. Um, my maternal grandmother uh, passed away from a 14-year battle of um, with vascular dementia in December. It was actually New Year's Eve of 2015, um, and I always kind of made me smile because she always loved to party, and I figured she would go out on a night when everybody is celebrating fireworks and, and posting for the new year, but um, I was living in Austin at the time, and I just had this feeling that I wanted to come back home and be closer to family because I had just missed so many of the last years that my grandmother actually could remember me. Um, and I think just knowing that, um, knowing that I just, it, it, looking at the job at the mind center allowed me to just at least do something to help fight this. So my role with them is to, to help raise, um, private funds to help support our, our research. You know, the mind center is, um, one of the leaders in terms of, um, federal funding from, from sources like the National Institutes of Health, um, but with private funding, it just allows us to move that much faster and hopefully get to an answer that much much sooner. So that's, that's really my role, and I, and I feel fortunate to be able to um, work for such a great organization and, and hopefully find a way to get to a, to a cure that much faster. I tell you, Melissa, I know exactly how you feel about that because when – you know, I had melanoma. We started a 5K race to be able to help people, you know, get screened and so right. we could catch it and so forth. So when you're actually doing something to help fight the very thing that takes something away from you, it's very, very therapeutic. And I know that was healthy for you. And I'm sorry to hear about your grandmother and it had a 14 years battle there. And that's yeah. that's tough. I mean, yeah, dad only had two years. And so that was that was to me in in this feels I feel still feel terrible to this day, but when he passed away, I was so relieved that he didn't go the Absolutely. full extent of it yeah um it, it's 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 a horrible thing, and it's hard on the families and and I mean, I so applaud what you're talking about with you know just reading off these numbers about how the numbers have grown, and I don't think people realize that not only is it an emotional heartbreak, but it's a huge financial strain on families oh my goodness. and if we don't yeah yeah, I mean, if we don't find a cure for this. 
you know, within a reasonable amount of time, it's going to really cause a huge ding on the economy on top of people's hearts. Oh, absolutely. You know, and ironically, I had been with the Mind Center for about a year and a half when my dad's mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Um, and she only had a short, thankfully, two-year battle. So I understand that almost as a blessing, you know, because I had watched how much heartache it had caused to my mom, you know, to my mom. Um, and you're exactly right, Marshall. I mean, this, this, disease is expected to triple by 2050 and uh, I think we've all seen in particularly this year um, just the financial strains that it's placing on our on our long-term care facilities I mean having to not only um, you know help people that in just the normal times and now add the added strain of protecting them from COVID is just compounding so um, we need to be able to do something to stop this. You know, they say every 60 seconds someone is diagnosed with this disease. And just from the work at the Mind Center, I think we're just seeing that, you know, it's happening not only more frequently, but the people are getting younger. And, and so it's definitely, um, you know, it kills more people than breast, breast cancer and prostate combined. Um, and I think that's a really sobering fact when you look at, at where we're headed. And it's not a normal it's not a normal phase of aging, um, and I think that's another thing that we're really working to do at the Mind Center is just to educate people that, you know, this 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 is a neurological disease, um, just like cancer, just like diabetes, and and it needs to be stopped because, you know, um, a lot of people aren't financially prepared for this if a loved one um, is diagnosed. They end up having to quit their job. Um, to take care of a family member or they're struggling to find a care facility that can care for their loved one, um, particularly if I was having a conversation with a, an individual a few days ago and their father-in-law has, you know, dementia and he's become aggressive and the care facility that he's in right now doesn't have the appropriate staff to to care for them and so it's now moving you know a man in his 70s to a new a brand new home only compounding you know the difficulty with that so it's just heartbreaking to watch all the way around it, it truly is and and you know like you said um if you, if you don't have the financial means and i mean it can cost you know and i just remember what dad's cost i think it was like six seven thousand yeah. dollars a month which was incredible you know and and thankfully like i said he didn't live for 14 years or i don't know what we would have done but you know i i think one of the things too is i mean the thing about the research and i've kind of kept up with it just because you know when you when you watch your father goes through with that you're just terrified you're going to go through it right so you start looking for right. you know what what are some of the things that i can do to avoid it you know and i know the mind center they do a lot of y'all do a lot of different things and one of them you're doing you're leading a collaborative study on alzheimer's risk factors talk about that a little bit and what are, are some of the risk factors um, so, so we have been leading a study um, with for about 30 years um, called the ERIC study, um, and it started looking at cardiovascular risk factors. And then in 2010, um, we we received an additional grant to add a neurocognitive component to that. And so, some of the outcomes from from that research, we know that um, that you know high blood pressure and and also diabetes and even pre-diabetes actually ages the body or, you know, ages you by seven years. So, for example, if you're 60 and you have those conditions, your body's really 67. So you have to consider that that's also the age of your brain. And just that just compounds 
the problems. Um, and we also have discovered some new DNA, you know, DNA sequencing with, with our genes, um, with our studies on, on genetics. So we, we are looking to, though, to identify ways um, right now to be able to identify risk factors earlier. You know, the other thing that we know is that we think these, these changes in the brain are happening maybe 20, even up to 20 years before we're actually seeing physical symptoms. So by the time you start to see the memory loss or the gaps, you know, that kind of um, cognitive, um, those cognitive issues, that, that the damage, so to speak, has already been done. And so that we're, we're really looking to see how can we um, identify those risk factors sooner and, and be able to then target treatment at that, at that stage. You know, I like to kind of compare it to um, just like if someone was to have high blood pressure and they were put on a statin, you know, could we, is there something similar we can do uh, for, for neurodegenerative diseases? You know, you just said something, though, that if somebody told me that I have Alzheimer's and in 20 years I'm going to be in a home, you know, that right there, I don't, you know, a lot of people say, I don't think I want to know that. But I, I think if there's a way to be able to do things in my lifestyle to change, to be able to do that, I think I probably would be all for that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think people, you know, now I've got, but on both sides of my family, the, um, genetic predisposition to have this disease. Um, and so I think there's, there are things that I'm doing just in, you know, I'm trying to stay active. I'm trying to eat, you know, a healthy diet. Um, I'm trying to just ensure that I keep my blood pressure and blood sugars in check. And I think that, you know, right now that's, that's all I can, can really do. And that at least gives me some comfort. Um, and then I think, you know, as we progress, you know, we're, we've just completed a study um, called the IDOC, the I-Determinant study with John Hopkins, where we were looking at retinal imaging of the eye to see actually vascular changes in the brain. Um, and so that, you know, that could be something, you know, in, in you know, a few years down the road that is a, an actual scan, you know, scannable measure to see if changes in the brain are, are occurring. Um, so I, I know, there are technologies coming out, but that hopefully we'll be able to identify these changes sooner. I mean, I know the cause of it still is a bit of a mystery, but it sounds like that inflammation and that, you know, lack of blood flow are two things that are. Absolutely. Are, yeah. So, I mean, I've even heard yeah. it. What, one group called it, and I'm not even sure how official this is, but they kind of call it like type three diabetes kind of deal type things where you've yeah, that yeah. inflammation on that. So I, I've, I've always found that to be fascinating. We, we always say what's good for your heart is good for your brain. So they're not separate organs. Everything works together in your body. Um, and you, and you have to remember that. So just, you know, just like you take care, you know, you eat a, a heart healthy diet. That's also a brain healthy diet. And, and that's, those are just two key things to remember. The Mind Center also, they offer other services. What are some of the other services that you offer too? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, when we began our research, you know, several years in, we realized there were still so many people currently suffering from this disease. Right now there's 55,000 in Mississippi alone. Um, and so we opened the Mind Center Clinic um, in, in 2013, and we're the state's only um, 
clinic that is specializing uh, for patients that are having memory loss or cognitive impairment. So that's we have you know a specialized team of geriatricians and neurologists um, that could kind of help to exactly pinpoint um, you know what type of dementia we might be experiencing. You know, there's currently all I like to say that you know dementia is like the word cancer, right? And it's kind of that umbrella term and the there are now what we're realizing is over a hundred different types of dementia with one the most common being alzheimer's so we really can help to look to see if we can pinpoint the type of dementia that it is and then look to have a a management plan to cope with that and a big part of that is is with our you know support services so we have a uh, social worker and rn care coordinators that are assigned to the patient families so that they can really help them walk through this disease together. I mean, I, I heard you earlier talking about your dad, and I think you've mentioned it a couple of times, that this, is, this doesn't just affect one person in the family. I mean, it affects the whole family. Um, and so, you know, there's, and there's a lot of hard decisions that have to be made along the way, like, you know, how long do you let them live independently? How long do you, when is it the right time to move them to a new care facility? When do you have to make, the, you know, just all of those decisions, both, financially and legally and emotionally and so we work to kind of be able to provide those provide support along the way um we also have a caregiver support groups um, we have two different ones that meet we have one that meets in slowwood and one that meets in in jackson at the medical center i um, mean right now those have you know gone virtual and so uh, but they're still meeting and they're still being able to offer support because I think particularly right now, you know, during COVID, um, caregiving for someone that has Alzheimer's is, is already an isolating experience. Um, and then having to keep those people even further isolated due to due to COVID has this really, I'm just, I can only imagine how much more hard that is um, and how much more isolating that is. And so that's, that's something that we have continued to keep going during this time. Um, we also just launched this past year a program called Caregiver University. Um, it's a free program that's offered. I believe they're going to start offering it once a quarter. Um, and we really help people that are caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's in their home just walk through everything that you might need to know or best practices just to kind of give you even more support so that you can feel like an expert when caring for your for your loved one because it is it is so different and you know a lot of times you're changing roles you know one person might have been the one that always cooks and cleans and now they're not able to do that or manage the finances and so it's just helping them understand kind of as they transition through this disease so those are just a few of the things that that we're we want to be able to offer the community we'll expand on that in just a minute but it's time for us to take a quick break and when we get back we'll continue our discussion about alzheimer's awareness month with melissa robinson if you have any questions or comments for our guests, give us a call at 877-MPP-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Hey, stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life disruptions. 
Whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. This is MPB Think Radio. Inside now, you're talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, and today we've been taking a look at National Alzheimer's Awareness Month with Melissa Robinson at the Mind Center. Melissa, welcome back. I, you know, you know, you were talking a little bit before the break about, you know, some of the services that you offer, and one of them is helping families be able to help cope and caregivers being able to get some support. And I, it, both of those things are so incredibly important because. Obviously, the patient needs good care, and you need to have good doctors, and you got to make sure medication's okay. But you know, you that patient also needs a good caregiver, and if you are the person doing it, you need to learn how to take care of yourself. But you also need to learn how to deal with the person with the Alzheimer's. And you know, one of the things I discovered with Dad was is that number one, you don't argue with them. If they say, oh, yeah, my parents are coming over and say their parents had died 40 years ago, you don't say they're dead because then suddenly you send them into mourning. Instead, you say, oh, yeah, they're going to be here in about 15 minutes because by the time the conversation's ending, depending on how far the disease has progressed, they generally are going to what I call reset and forget they even brought that up. So you basically have to learn how to be nimble. It's like when my dad was upset that he was going to have to pay my tuition. All I said was, Hey, I got a scholarship. Congratulations. You know, and, and it was, it was this delicate balance of learning how to talk to dad in ways to keep him as happy as we could in the moment. And, you know, dad was 400 miles away. So I was, I was not with him all the time, which I would have to think would have been exhausting, but, like I said, the fact that y'all have those two different types of services is so incredibly important. Yeah, I mean, I think we've just um, just seen that the need for so long, and and I, you know, I hear you. We did the same thing with with my grandmother. Um, you know, and we have our social workers. It's always like just redirect. That's your best option. Mm-hmm. If they kind of get in a loop of feeling paranoid or you know, uh, angry about something, is there ways that you can redirect them to something that they, that you know is going to make them happy or, or, um, or smile rather than engaging in the conversation. I mean, that was a struggle for my, my grandfather, my dad, my dad's father was, my grandmother had, had Alzheimer's and, um, you know, he just, for the first few months of her diagnosis, he just kept being like, Patsy, I just told you, you know, I don't know why you're forgetting. It, it was almost like he was just in denial. Uh, yeah. And so we, I re, we had to, I sat down. You know, we also have a wonderful um, uh, uh, guide that we put together um, that's just navigating navigating Alzheimer's. And it's a, a resource guide that we've worked with, you know, Alzheimer's Mississippi and a couple other organizations here in town um, to kind of guide people also through this this process um and so it was so interesting i gave my grandfather that that guide and he you know sat down and really read it cover to cover i couldn't believe it um and he came to me he's like melissa this isn't her fault she doesn't know she's forgetting it was almost like a light switch hit and you're kind of thinking yes (laughs) but he needed to, to i think have 
just to read it in a different way or to hear it from, you know, understand it on his own. And I think once he was able to recognize that, it completely changed the way that he interacted with her. And so rather than getting frustrated that, you know, she was talking about something that happened 20 years ago, he maybe just went with it for a moment, you know, and or just redirected to a different question or a different topic. And that seems to just help help so much. And that's that's what we're really trying to do is just give people the tools that we can to best to best navigate this really heartbreaking disease, you know, because you're just losing that person uh, a little moment at a time. And that's a so you're grieving as that happens. And that's the, and, you know, you mentioned it, Marshall, the fact that in order to be a good caregiver, you have to be you have to care for yourself. And I, we see that but that's another thing that we just stress. You know, there's statistics out there that say, you know, a caregiver of a person with Alzheimer's, um, you know, about 45 percent of them. Um, admit to having, you know, not being able to care for themselves the way they would and even having bouts of, of depression and, and their health further declining. And so that's, you know, that's just something we want to be able to avoid at all costs if we can. So that's, those are the services that we're just really looking to try to augment along with the, with the, the clinical and the, and the medicinal side of things is also looking to have that emotional um, support as well. Give us a quick update on both prevention and a cure. I mean, you touched on some of it, things that are good for your heart, obviously, or good for your brain. Um, so, I mean, but, you know, and the thing is, I know there are some drugs out there that help slow down the progression of the disease, but there is technically no cure at this point. Correct. And then that's, and, you know, there are some things in trial right now, um, and we're hoping that they're showing some some success of at least maybe slowing um, the progression a little bit. Um, and, and really, you know, we're about to launch a new study in collaboration with Mayo um, called the Study of Aging, where we're going to be recruiting about 3,000 participants um, from around the, the Jackson metro area, and, and we're going to be bringing them in, you know, much younger than we have in our other studies. You know, we'll be bringing people in in their mid-50s and really just looking to get kind of baseline health understandings because I think, you know, we all know those people that, are 100 years old and still are, you know, so with it and, and so healthy. And so what we want to understand is why are some people aging healthfully, whereas other people are experiencing, um, you know, memory impairment or even physical impairments. And so that's another, because if we can begin to look at that, we can begin to kind of trace back, okay, what are, are these people doing something significantly different? Are there environmental factors that we're not understanding that are playing into this? Um, and I think that'll that'll only be able to lead to better technologies and better treatments down the road. So it, it cool. feels sometimes like it's still very far away. Um, but I, I like to tell people, you know, just look at what they've been able to do, even with them, heart disease and breast cancer and even, you know, HIV, which was a death sentence just 30 years ago. And now, you know, there's medications out here that make it almost 99% undetectable, even if you do have the virus. So that's something that I think, you know, we can, that just proves that research works, particularly um, just like the studies that we're doing, these long-term longitudinal studies where we're really looking to understand what's affecting the population uh, so that we can create and aim better treatments to, to at least identify this sooner and then be able to target those treatments. 
Well, sign me up for that study because <laughs> I, I raised I my hand for that one. That would be great. Um, you know, all this costs money. I mean, and that's what you do. I mean, you're helping raise funds for this sort of thing. And, and of course, we're right in the middle of COVID-19. And, it, you know, and I, and I, that's what I do for Mississippi today. I put on events. So guess what? You can't really put on events because of right. uh, for obvious reasons. So uh, we live in the new normal and it's, it's thrown everything against the wall and everything's crazy now, but talk a little bit since that's your job is to raise money and COVID has changed everything. How have you adapted? How have you managed to pivot? Um, well, that's a great question. I mean, it was, it was really difficult. You know, we were bringing people in, I, I would have meetings and tours and show people, you know, the research that we're doing. And so that has all changed. And so we've done a few things. One is we have, um, we've created a virtual tour program that we're working to develop where we can bring people in on a virtual tour of the center. They can actually meet <laughs> virtually meet with some of our researchers, learn more about what we're doing and, and hopefully keep, um, keep people interested. And I think, you know, one of the things that we continue to try to say, particularly during this time is, you know, when you look at some of the groups that have been hardest hit by this disease, it's those individuals that are living in long-term care facilities. And I don't know about you, but I mean, the only reason my grandmother was moved into a long-term care facility was because she was suffering from dementia. I mean, that was why she was there. Um, right. Physically, she was able to still move around, you know, um, and, and, you know, take care of herself, but mentally she just couldn't. So that was one of the things that um, were, were one of the things that we're doing. You know, we've had fundraisers over the last several years. You had us in your studio last year talking about one of our galas honoring a, a physician here in town that has early onset. Um, that was was that was that last year or was that ten million years ago? I <laughs> yeah, no, right. That's a, that's everything this year is quadrupled uh, in terms of time factor. But um, this year we had a a virtual benefit um, called Magic of the Minds. We actually held it last Thursday. We partnered with WJTV, and we delivered our sponsors what we called a party-in-place package uh, so they could have their own party in the safety of their home. And then um, we had John Dornboss. He is actually a former NFL player, um, but he's also a magician. He's been on Ellen, and, and he's been on America's Got Talent. Um, and he's just an amazing guy. And his grandfather actually is uh, currently battling the disease. And so he had a connection to it. And um, you can actually still access the video. Uh, we'll make sure that the link is on our, our Mind Center social pages. Um, it's also on WJTV's page. So people can go back and watch the magic show, kind of see what um, what this is all about. He even offers to teach people a magic trick if they'll, if they'll uh, donate to our text to give program. So... Um, and people are, if anyone wanted to support that today, they're welcome to. You just would text um, the word MAGIC to 243-725. Uh, and, I mean, we, de we desperately need to keep COVID. Has, Alzheimer's has not stopped because of COVID. And I think in right. any, we've had more people this year. I've had more conversations with family members because what's so sad is so many that were in these long-term care facilities, they were there for Alzheimer's, but they caught COVID. And that's you know, ultimately, um, what, what caused their death. Um, and it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to have those conversations with, with, um, people and family members. And so I think it's just, it's highlighted even more why we need to find a way to, um, 
protect our aging population. And so that was what we've been able to kind of adapt and it's been a learning curve, but you know, I think that's, that's what we're here to do. Um, we're not going to stop fighting just because we kind of have this, we're just going to have to figure out a new way to get around it. And so that's what we've been while keeping everyone safe. So that's what we've been working to do. And what are some other fundraisers that you've, if you've got coming up in the future? Well, we'll probably do, you know, um, the, in the spring, we've always, we've done our brawn and bubbles 5k race. So this year we did it virtually kind of depending on where we are with the, um, with everything right now, that might be another virtual race that we're doing. Um, so, um, that those are the fundraisers that we, we could typically do about two a year. And then we also just have, um, you know, people that can support us on their own. Excellent. Excellent. We have Larry from Byram who's on the line, who'd like to, as a comment, Larry, welcome to the show. And thank you for calling. Well, thank you for the good program. I have a question. My wife, health nut, I'm 84. We subscribe to newsletters from Duke University, Mass General, and Harvard, and so forth. Somewhere in the last month, I can't remember when, <laughs> uh, I read that some success has been uh, obtained in, in treating Alzheimer's with curcumin mixed with nanoceuticals, that they leveled out the progression, and that in uh, just age-related memory, it helps restore memories. H- have y'all heard anything about that? I know curcumin just personally is used to, to, you know, they say it can reduce inflammation within the body. The mind right. center currently is not looking at anything with, um, with that, with those ingredients or those studies. Um, so I can't answer to that, but um, it sounds very interesting. It's one of those things that may take a while to come out in the, the jammer, you know, um, or something, but um, I was sure. in a print study of a, blood pressure at the medical center and uh after we found the results it took a while to come out in the uh publications uh how you need you're, to you're your absolutely blood pressure right. <laughs> yeah so uh this yeah. may come out later but anyhow uh it was very hopeful of course it doesn't cure alzheimer's but it leveled out the progression so we hope it's true well, it, of course it is an anti-inflammatory that's exactly the problem right. of course i understand it right Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate that. It's time for us to take another break. And, of course, we're going to continue our discussion about Alzheimer's Awareness Month with Melissa Robinson. If you have any questions or comments, you can call, too. It's 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Thanks for joining us today on Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Today we've been talking to or talking with Melissa Robinson, the major gifts officer for the Mind Center, about their programs and ongoing research to help find a cure for Alzheimer's, a disease that affects so many families across Mississippi and across the nation as well. Melissa, I tell you, uh, we're talking about different supplements and different things to do, and I, I know that uh, obviously, you know, you see 
a few years back, I know you've had concerts and you've had people come in as fundraisers, and one of them you had uh, you had Glenn Glenn Campbell come. It was an amazing evening, and you know he was so incredible. There was a great documentary on his progression of his Alzheimer's and how you know that muscle memory uh, of him playing the guitar was one of the last things mm-hmm. that went away. That was just so incredible about that. You know, like with Dad, his sense of humor was something that he was known for, and he was he had a sense of humor up until the very end. It's just it's amazing. Are there things you know you see member puzzles, people doing crosswords puzzles and things like that, or there things like that that make a difference? Well, you know, our director, um, Dr. Tom Mosley, he always talks about the the importance of, of, I guess, keeping your brain nimble. And he says, you know, learning new things is so important. So not just, um, you know, if you've always done crossword puzzles, that's great. Keep doing them. But maybe add something different. Maybe you try a Sudoku or maybe, you you know, you learn a new language or maybe you you pick up a new hobby. Um, Just keeping those neurological pathways kind of, firing and so uh, I mean that's something I try to keep in mind because I can tend to get stuck in a rut and not um, you know think oh that's too hard but you know I think it's something you know maybe like I, I've downloaded an app to try to uh, improve my Spanish and I'm horrible at, 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 <laughs> at languages but I'm going to give it a go you know so I think that those are things that we try to tell people just just keep keep learning you know I think right. that's one of the things I, I've seen um, with with a lot of people is that, you know, just having that uh, desire to keep, to keep learning in whatever capacity that is, um, it, you know, it can keep, keep the brain young, so to speak. Well, there used to be some thought that the brain, you know, after a certain age was kind of stuck, you know, but with neuroplasticity, you can, like you said, you can create new, new neuropathways and new connections and so forth. We have Mikey from Mobile on the line. Mikey, welcome to the show. Thank you for calling. Uh, hello. Am I, this is, am I speaking with you? <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you. Um, uh, I, uh, I, I have to admit, uh, being someone, of course, like most families, my family has directly been affected by this. Uh, and I unfortunately have not heard this entire show, and I will be listening for the repeats on it. Um, uh, my question is... Uh, I have two now because I listening to the gentleman that called before and asked about um I am familiar with Q Kerman. I am not was the second one Anthocyanin, is that correct? I, I, I honestly couldn't hear with him speaking about um it did sound like he, that sounded like what he said. I right, okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't quite I, understand either. Um, but my yeah. big question is if, uh, the implication here, since I haven't heard the, the entire show, but the implication is that since your grandmother was, um, was, was very physically capable and happy with her capability, um, so the, the, how does arthritis, can you please explain, does, how does arthritis, other than or it, because of the inflammation involved in arth- the arthritis, I should say, um, correlate, fit into the whole puzzle? Well, that's a good so question. We, that's a great question. So we haven't looked directly at arthritis in a connection with Alzheimer's. I know what we are looking at is just overall inflammation in the body. Um, I would say that our director would probably just say anything that you can do, just like with managing your your blood sugars, managing your um, your blood pressure, anything that you can do to kind of help um, to reduce that arthritis and and keep that inflammation down would be a step in the right direction. 
Um, there's still so much that we're learning about this disease. I mean, I think that just all of these questions, again, just point to why we need more research because we don't have the answers. You know, we have theories. Um, we have we have abilities to kind of, you know, theoretically put some things together. Um, what we need, we need that science to back it up so that we can come out with broad-based uh, solutions. So, you know, I mean, we've one of the other studies that we're doing at the Mind Center is a microbiome study where we're looking at um, your gut health and how that relates to inflammation in the body. You know, we, because we do know that, that there is, we, we, we hypothesize that there is some type of connection there, um, but we need to be able to validate that. So right now, I, I don't know, we don't have any studies at the Mind Center that are currently looking at the connection of arthritis and um, and on Alzheimer's. Melissa, thank you so much for being on today. And like I said, this is obviously a topic that's very close to many people's hearts and minds. And uh, real quickly, but right before we go out, just go ahead and throw out y'all's website so that folks can find more information because we've talked and covered a lot of territory today. Yes, yes, yes. They can go to um, umc.edu. Uh, backslash mind mind center and from there they can find everything that they need to with regards to um, both our clinical care services our research as well as um, our, our caregiver services melissa thank you so much for taking the time out today it was a great show we've come to the end of it it was a fantastic show thank you so much for listening I want to thank I'm always you Oh, sure. We want to thank you for joining us. And of course, we want to thank our guest, Melissa Robinson, Major Gifts Officer at the Mind Center. And if you'd like to hear the show again, like I said, or any other past episodes, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast app by searching Now You're Talking. The show is a production of MPB Think Radio and is produced by Michelle McAdoo. Hey, stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Josie Bidwell. And be sure to join us next Monday at 10 a.m. for another great conversation here on MPB Think Rodeo. Y'all have a great week.